friends, and welcome back to Black Band T-Shirts, episode 5, part 2. Still ranking the albums of Mastodon with uh, Myers Rodden Bent guitarist Matt Markham. Um, So, yes, we covered in the first part, we did uh, Crap Sky, we did The Hunter, we did Remission, and Once More Around the Sun, leaving us with... uh, uh, the mighty meaty treats of um, Emperor Sand, um, uh, Blood Mountain, and Leviathan left, and of course our niche the better top five segment on uh, top five cameos by musicians in TV shows, and all our usual shout outs at the end. So uh, traditionally, first of all, Chris and I um, go through our rankings just to remind the folks at home how we rank things and uh you know just have an extra little dig at each other uh for our for, <laughs> for, for how wrong we are according to one another uh so yes um i was the most wrong uh according to you two by having crack the sky at number seven mm-hmm. your number seven map it was remission yes and uh your number seven was the hunter is that right chris it is yeah my number six was the hunter matt uh, once more on the sun. And Chris did yeah, snap. Snap. Okay. Number five. I had remission. Matt. I had the hunter there. Yep. And Emperor of Sand. Okay. I had once more around the sun at four. Crack the sky. Mm-hmm. Remission. Remission. Um, number three. I had Emperor of Sand. Blood Mountain. Mm-hmm. Leviathan. Lovely. Uh, number two, I had Blood Mountain. Leviathan. Yeah. Crack the Sky. And number one, I had Leviathan. Chris had Blood Mountain, and Matt had Emperor of Sand. Mm-hmm. So yes, the, the the last the last three records uh, we're going to do, we all mutually ranked pretty highly. So uh, lots of fun in this section. Um, we decided uh, before we start recording that we're going to go with Emperor of Sand first their latest record um so yes um i yeah i wanted to go straight in on my best part because i got it a bit wrong um (laughs) i thought that um brendan o'brien had done crack the sky once more around the sun and this but then he told me that nick raskolniketz is uh, is that it did um once more around the sun. Once more around the sun. Yeah. So basically, I just said that the um, that I think Emperor of Sand is probably Brendan O'Brien's crowning achievement, production-wise. Yeah, I'd agree. I think he does a much better job. Either he does a much better job, or just the style of the music they're playing on this album suits his production more, at least mm. uh, on this one, than, than on Crack the Sky. Well, but what, what about you, Matt? Do you prefer the production on this or Crack the Sky? What do you reckon? Probably on this as well. Yeah, I'd agree. I think this mm. this one sounds very nice. Um, mm. Yeah, no complaints with how it sounds. No complaints with any of it, really. It's my number mm. one. So. <laughs> so, do you want to get get uh, kind of get into uh, get straight into some of the highlights? I'll get into it. I, like, yeah, I, I like for me. This is like not just my favorite Mastodon album. This is like easily in my top five albums. Wow, probably my favorite straight metal album out there. Okay. I mm-hmm. just absolutely love this album every second of it pretty much hmm. and i don't know i think i think for me i just for me there isn't a weak track every single track has some part of it that is like just just epically just incredibly like 
it just hits you in the face. Like, I just love it. From the beginning, that incredible, um, with Sultan's Curse, that riff at the beginning is just so cool. Mm. And then the whole rest of the thing that it's got, for me, it's it's like, you've it's a little bit, it's it's more complex than the previous two albums, but it's not mm. so complex that it's cracked the sky. And it's a little bit less crazy and inaccessible than Blood Mountain. So for me, it has all the best parts for me. Mm. Um, and I just some of the individual tracks, I just absolutely adore. So there, there's about mm. five of my favourite metal songs ever on that on this album. So yeah. Oh wow. I don't have. I really don't have a bad thing to say about it. But it just fits me. It vibes with me. Certain albums just vibe with you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And this is what I remember. I remember. Me. I think it was the same conversation we had in a, in the end of a rehearsal where you were sort of talking about why you respect them as guitarists so much or why you think they're so interesting as guitarists and things. I think it was that we had a conversation then about this album in particular, and I remember you saying then that this was your favourite. Um, and yeah, I was I was really surprised at the time because it's the one Mastodon album that for me hasn't. Uh, it didn't immediately click with me in any way when it first came yeah. out. Oh, wow. Well, I was surprised um, that you had it as high as fifth because I thought you'd have it bottom. I did. I think before before I started re-listening to everything for this, I, I kind of thought of it as my least favourite. Um, mm. I think a lot... I've got, I've got certain specific things that um, I think are possibly reasons for why that's happened, but I think it's one that the more time I spend with it, it's going to climb higher than it is now. Do, do, do you want to go into some of those, Chris? I think that'd be interesting to counterpoint uh, well, um, yeah, Matt, I mean, Matt, I, Matt, Matt's complete adoration of it to go into some, yeah, <laughs> maybe some problems. I, I pure, well, I purely think a is I've not spent anywhere near as much time with it as mm-hmm. the others, and I do yeah, think that's, that's going to be a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, the the fact that they launched it with "Show Yourself" as a single, okay, um, threw me off it. Oh, really? Which I think I think it's their most I, I, boring classic rock song they've done. I don't think there's anything interesting about it. I think it is. There's no mastodon about it for me. It's it. It was just really boring as a lead-off single, especially. I just thought, oh, I think coming off the back of the hunter and once more around the sun, mm-hmm. and then having that as a lead-off single, in my head, I thought, oh, it's going to be that album. Um, it's and it's not at all. It sticks out from mm. the album to me as a, as a song, kind of very dissimilar to the rest of it, mm. uh, which. I think it meant that I didn't go in as hard on it when it came out as I did the others. Mm. That's interesting. Um, I really like show you show yourself. I've got it's one of my highlights, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, generally regarded as well as a top tier Mastodon single. Um, it's, it's their most successful by far. Um, okay. In terms of in terms of the amount it's sold and and this album actually is their most uh, is their quickest. It sold the most in its first week out of all their albums, which actually, I mean, for a band um, that have been around as long as they have at this point and doing this kind of music, that's you know I think that's not to be sniffed at. That's that's, that's a really impressive thing. It's actually um, a third on their streams on Spotify behind Blood and Thunder and the Motherload. Yeah, uh, quite significantly, um, it's fourteen million behind Blood and Thunder and five million behind the Motherload. So, anyway, cool. Um, right. Uh, where should we go next? Um, let's do yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> let's do worst songs to throw, throw off Matt a bit. <laughs> on. I've already given you mine, so you may as well, may as well carry yeah, on. Yeah. Okay. Thing. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Um, I I think Jaguar God's a bit of a weak closer. Um, 
But do you know what? That doesn't surprise me because it's the most crap the Sky song. Yes, it? yes. And my exact note is like the parts of CTS of CTS that j- just jam stuff together need- needlessly. The thing is, I'm really struggling with this, Ollie, mate, because my initial reaction is to go bloody metalhead. You can't stand the quiet stuff. But we've done a whole episode on our love for Björk, so I know yeah. that's not why. No, <laughs> I wish it was. I wish I could throw that at you, but I know that's not it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just, that, that side of them just clearly doesn't click with you, and that's no. just yeah, that's fair enough. No, it doesn't. I, I think Jaguar Gods might. I might. I might class it as their stairway to heaven. I think it's that good. I think it is that good. Okay. Do you know what I, I made that? Is, I did make that comparison in my head actually when I listened to it. It's. I. I, I love. I, like I just love the whole every section of it I just think is really clever that be- the beautiful Brent Hines acoustic bit beginning mm. it's just stunning and it has if you listen to the actual mix of it there's so much interesting stuff going on in that in that bit there's some really nice sort of like um, keyboards and stuff going on which is really unusual um, but then it has it has I think it has one of my favourite guitar solos and this album is full of great guitar solos but I think maybe the best for last at the end of that it's just mm. unbelievable so i love that yeah. song but uh, yeah it is it is mm. quite crap the sky it's really long and it has a lot of different parts to it so i can see that makes sense that you wouldn't like it but i had a really hard but, when i when i thought this was the one i looked at there i thought how the fuck am i going to say what the worst song on this is there isn't <laughs> one like this like this is impossible mm. uh and I, I wrote down just looking at the title the tracks I wrote down Word to the Wise, but then I listened mm. to Word to the Wise and I was like, this is incredible. This can't be the worst <laughs> one. So I don't have a worse one, I'm afraid. Yeah, Sorry. well, um, I've, <laughs> I, I, I've, I, I've got, I've got um, contrary to my previous statement, I've got some praise for Word to the Wise that I think it sounds like a Crack the Sky song that actually works. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's, I like about Word to the Wise, what I like about that is it's some of um, Ron's most interesting drumming for a while. Mm. I thought as well, mm. um, and and the the, vo- the belted vocal in that track—it's amazing, yeah. The vocals on this album, generally, I think they take it to another level. Definitely, um, they're so they're so mature now. They're so yeah. mu- much more confident. And mm. with Bran, Bran is like every album he's done more and more stuff, and in this one he is like every other track pretty much. And I just think right. it's it's made them more balanced and more focused. And I just think. Yeah, I also think that Scorpion Breath is my favourite Mastodon song. And it's my favourite Kelly Mastodon song. And I, 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 okay. I had it on a loop for about four years since it came out. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've got that. I've got that as my top track on the album. That's incredible. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I, I think it's got a real, again, I hate to keep saying it, but I think it's got a real old Mastodon energy to it, that song, but with with everything they've collected along the way. Yeah alongside it you know that's it that's that's a shame but I, I i think maybe um it sounds like from your description this is a track i should absolutely love but i think by this point i was probably suffering from a bit from a bit of mastodon fatigue and kind of <laughs> kind of missed it a bit which sounds like a great shame uh, i'll have to revisit to try and listen out i would for, recommend especially for Scorpion and I, i've Breath. said this to you guys sorry I've said this to you guys before, but to anyone listening as well who's a fan of Mastodon, check out on YouTube Mastodon in the K pit, where they play every single oh, okay. Scott. They play every Scott Kelly track in a row, mm. including Scorpion mm. Breath, and mm. that is just like that. 
those songs really come alive then and i thought this the scorpion breath version on that is just unbelievable the vocals just incredible mm. um anything else to cover folks uh, before we move on oh, I, nobody. I, I i i would just like to think say something about this album i think represents um why mastodon are so great in a lot of ways i know i've put it fairly low down but i feel like the, the thing that i really took from it especially my most recent listening was where this really clicked was like is clearly a conscious effort in part to go back to their older style of doing things in some ways they've you've gone back to the old font on the artwork yeah um, yeah it's the first it's the first uh concept album for a while mm. um all of that kind of side of things, and and just sonically as well, I feel like there's some heavier moments again and things, and some more proggy moments in the in in the same vein as the earlier stuff. So um, it's a sorry to jump in there just while I remember. No, 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 like, no. With the with the um, with the concept stuff, it it's again following on from the last two albums. It's all about it's all about their personal stuff's all in it again because it's like yeah. they've mm. done fire, water, earth, ether, and cancer on this one. Yeah, which is pretty dark but there's a lot of really like mm. if you read the lyrics there's a lot of really like they've really poured themselves into it again a lot of that stuff well, that, that, is that, really leads, powerful. that leads on to what yeah that leads on to what exactly what I was going to say is that the fact that they've done that and kind of they've mixed that whole like you say the, the, taking the personal kind of side of it and but putting that into a fictional story as a metaphor for it which they didn't do with the previous two and the the real thing that I think that they've done is they've added yet another kind of aspect to their sound with this album where there's a lot of stuff on here that sounds more I don't want to say positive but like uplifting mm-hmm. I want to say do you know what I mean like the, some of the melodies that they've gone for and some of the instrumentation they've gone for in this album I've got much more of a like an uplifting kind of airy like poignant I suppose kind of feel to them than than they've done before so I feel I, I just find it's it's kept now I've, I'm glad I've revisited it for this because it's made me more excited about them as a band again going forward and that I think they are one of those bands that are constantly trying to do something different with every album even if it's just a subtle change that only fans will really notice that those changes are there with every album which is not not how I thought of Macedon before properly going in deep again like this I kind of had got to the point where I was thinking of them as a band that do quite a similar thing at this point hmm. yeah um well so i've uh, i've realized as well that i um i may have messed up on my best part i may have messed up on my worst part basically my worst part that i had down is that um that even though this is probably the best slash my favorite of mastodon's latter career i.e mm. after the first first three albums i don't i'd I don't think it gets me excited enough to listen to Macedon going forward. And, um, but I think, I think what it is, is I didn't spend enough time with it. I think, uh, as Matt said at the start, um, right at the start of this episode, that um, they probably um, have a new album coming out um, this year. Um, I'll probably go back to Empress Sand just before it comes up, uh, comes out and, um, see see if i'm yeah stoked on mastodon again um i have discovered i like the last um some last stuff day more uh day stuff more from doing this but uh and i, and I really do like a lot of emperor of sand i think um yeah um 
when you when you guys were going through your highlights, I realised quite how fantastic parts of this album are. Cool. Then we move on next to uh, Blood Mountain. So this was going to be my surprise um, that I alluded to with Chris in our pre-podcast chat. And um, so I thought when I was going through my first listen, this might be my new number one. And it got close. It got close. And I'll go into... Uh, more about that later when we do my actual number one Leviathan mm. but um, I'll give you a chance to castigate me first of all guys um, by going straight into my worst part of this record that this is one of the few albums that I actually after purchasing it, purchasing it took back to the shop because I thought it was too silly <laughs> Fair enough. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, mate. The conversations about silliness we've had on this podcast, and this is the album you chose to go with that. I mean, well, he's, it, changed, it, it, he's changed his mind. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, this is the one Mastodon album and with that has the one moment on it that I have used the silly word in this podcast. <laughs> this is it's my number one album, but this is the one that I have said that's where it gets too silly so <laughs> blade catcher yeah well uh, most of blade catcher I, I absolutely love but we all know the bit i'm talking about yeah so i've got as a best part to this record um being circular sk- sisquatch into blood catcher being delightfully fucking insane uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, so I couldn't stand this album, first of all. Um, I thought, yeah, they've gone too big, too mad. Um, they've concentrated too much on guest spots. It's become a bit sort of, yeah, like a, I don't know, like a collaboration record, like a Queen of the Stone Agey type of thing, which is ironic given Josh Homme's pre- Homme's presence on this record. But um, um, I think it was revisiting it sort of maybe three or four years ago when I when it finally clicked and I was like mm. fuck yeah Blood Mountain rules um, so yeah I think I think this because of that this was the one this, this was the Mastodon record I was most excited to go back to for this re-listen now that I now that I finally cool. get it I was I was excited to continue my relationship with it and it still fucking holds up yeah um, I was I was wrong to take it out to the shop obviously but uh, <laughs> uh, especially for, be, for, for being for being too silly but um, sometimes especially given the couple of records that came after this sometimes metal definitely needs to be silly <laughs> The one word I've been thinking I would definitely use, amongst many others, to describe this album is batshit. Mm. Like it is, it is all over the place. Um, mm. But I think that's what I love about it, and that it is all over the place. But it still works as as one whole thing, which is a rare thing to kind of manage. There's obviously bits like we've already spoken about that stick out, but uh, yeah, I, it's it's a spe- it's a special one. It's a special one to me. I think. I've, and I've, like we've spoken with certain about with certain albums before, I think it's a special one because of when it came out and where I was with my musical tastes when it came out. Like it, okay. it was, uh, 
I think, again, as, as is a recurring theme here, Ollie, I think you got me into Mastodon by sending me Iron Tusk and Blood and Thunder mm. from Leviathan. Mm. And I never really got into Leviathan at the time. I loved those tracks, but I, I found Leviathan as an album fairly inaccessible at that point with what mm. else I was listening to. So Blood Mountain was the first one that came out that I was kind of aware of when it came out and, and latched onto. Yeah. And I realised actually it was around the time that was when I really got into metal in a big way. Mm. So it was 2006 that this came yeah. out. Yeah. You had May... <laughs> we had we have a magical time for metal here where May 2006 you had Lordy winning Eurovision. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you go, you go through. So, but there were some albums that I I really latched onto around this time. You had Sixth Death of a Dead Day was very yeah. similar, like a month or two apart from this. Um, it was when I was at my peak of my I know not metal, but kind of very re- related to this album, uh, uh, which I only realised on this listen through really. But the peak of my Mars Volta loving. Yep. Um, uh, and then, the Blackening by Machine Head came out about six months later. Um, so like for me for me it was my my year of like okay yeah I love metal basically mm-hmm. I love modern mm-hmm. metal um, which I, I hadn't really fully got got on board with before that so I think it's yeah it's impossible for me to detach it as an album from that time mm. really mm. it's funny I've got a similar thing for Leviathan coming out but um, mm. no spoilers but um, <laughs> Uh, yes, Matt, you haven't spoken much about this record. Tell, tell, tell me some things you love about it, tell me some things you hate about it. Oh man, where to start with this one? I have actually, <laughs> it's really weird. It's really weird that you say that, Chris. It's like, I have a really similar story. I had mm. only really listened to, I'd only really listened to, um, Iron Tusk and Blood and Thunder. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't actually even really listened to Leviathan, but I was aware that Mastodon were like doing big things. Mm. And I was walking past a shop in Bath, there used to be in Bath called FOP, and it had a, used to have a mural on the outside um, of whatever the net newest thing was, and it had a mural of the cover of, of Blood Mountain. Yeah. And I thought, that's really cool. I bet that's, first of all, a metal album, and I, <laughs> bet, it, I bet it's good. <laughs> and uh, I, used to, I used to sometimes do that, like, I don't know if you guys ever did that, just buy an album because it yeah. had a cool cover. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Back in the day of CDs. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I was like, oh, I've heard of Mastodon. I, eh, maybe that'll be all right. And this is where my story becomes a bit more like Ollie's because I put it on and I was like, this is too much. Like, this is too, this <laughs> is crazy. And, mm. um, but there was the, always that seed of, like, I, I, the guitars in this are just so unbelievable i remember listening to blade catcher and just being like what what (laughs) am i listening to because i hadn't really listened to that much prog stuff before right so it's yeah but then then you know over a couple of years after that i gave it more of a chance and and uh, and i just got into it and so it was it's my first master on album i properly got into Mm. so it's yeah it's it's a exactly the same as chris it's it's a special one for me in that reason i don't have too much to com- to uh, criticise. I'd say it's the one album. Maybe there's a couple too many tracks, couple filler tracks. Yeah, yeah something like something like Hands of Stone or yeah, Hands of Stone's one, my worst track for exactly like that you, reason. You, you, you could cut it out again. Well, I think really? we were talking about one Feast Your Eyes or whatever it was the other yeah, day yeah. when I was saying I don't remember it after I've listened to it. And Hands of Stone's a bit like that for me. See, I've uh, got. I've got Hand of Stone as my silver medal for best song. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. God, mm. Matt, this I mean, is I, crazy. I like, 
in my description, in my notes for that song, I've I've praised it. Quite oh, yeah. a lot. I think it's just it's just one of those albums where you know I do like it all. But if I had to choose one to get rid of, it probably would be that. It'd be the one I wouldn't miss as much as the others. Mm. Um, it, I do. I do find. But it's the only one I find by the end of it. I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this to be mm. finished now, even though I'm loving it. I have um, said it. Maybe it just feels like it's missing something. Like it feels like it could evolve a little bit more than it does as it goes on and, and doesn't quite. Yeah. Stays in stays in fourth gear, kind of thing. Mm. I I have mm. to just quickly say what really got me into Mastodon and a bit that I've always loved is just the beginning of Crystal Skull. Mm. With the, which I've got down as my best moment, which is the the kind of battle drums, yeah. and then that riff dropping in. Mm. Um, still, just thinking about it, I get shivers. I just yeah. think it's so badass. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've I, I've I've got the um, opening riff to this mortal soil as one of my highlights. Yeah, it's great. Banging opening riff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say my number one track is Sleeping Giant on this. I think oh, Sleeping nice. Giant is yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Killer. And it's also, uh, again, sorry to go back to guitar, but it's probably the funnest, one of the funnest songs to play on guitar. It's just I feel really like that weird. opening. I feel like that opening riff of Sleeping Giant is possibly uh, one of their biggest Sabbath moments for me. Mm. Yeah, it is quite mm. Sabbathy. It's yeah, it yeah. is yeah. it is. Um, and but, but yeah, as usual with Macedon, Sabbath by way of the Melvins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that uh, yeah, Capillary and Crest is another highlight. Um, Bonkers. Yeah, that's my top. Uh, if we talk uh, about banjo, okay. banjo, as I was been talking about banjo, yeah, banjo, yeah. that uh, the midsection in that is like just literally you could play on a banjo. It's mad. It's just yeah, it's just insane. I think this. I, I was going to say this is based on what you were saying about. I think it was when we were talking about crack the sky that you were mentioning about how you could sit and unpick the kind of guitar that's going on. This is the one for me that still now after what like. When was it? 2006? So after 15 years of this album existing, I still listen to it now and I couldn't tell you where I'd begin to even try and replicate that kind of the guitar mm. playing that is mm. on this album. I'd, I'd, I'd be like, I'd, I don't know what, who is doing when. I just mm. know it sounds nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. pretty much. Cool. Okay. Um, so I think all that's left for me is my best song and worst song. Mm. Uh, best song I've gone for, Crystal Skull. And um, worst song, um, and, I, and I think you two did both of you go for Hand of Stone? Yeah, 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 okay. So I've actually gone for uh, Pendulous Skin. Um, oh, I think okay. um, that's my bronze, okay. So, um, I think after the strong outros of the last two records, obviously, we got my gold medal for um. For a mission, uh, Elephant Man, and uh, we'll get we'll get into onto uh, Leviathan when we get there. But um, yes, um, after the strong outro, the last two records, Pendulous Skin. Um, yeah, I like it as a cool down moment after the madness that has ensued before. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, considering how good those last two outros have been, um, uh, see, no, I yeah. think this is my favourite of the outros. Mm. Me too. Um, Interesting. I've said it's like nightmare country prog. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just, I yeah, I think for an album that is as ambitious with genre as this one, and as uh, like they've packed so many genres into like this mortal soil alone has got like five different genre like nods 
like obvious genre nods. Like you've got a psychedelic intro, you've got a prog rock bit, then a sudden southern rock bit, which almost sounds like a metal Allman Brothers. Uh, <laughs> and then thrash, and then sort of Maiden style heavy metal. It just is all in that one track. And that's, you know, that's one track, and almost every track on this album is like that. Um, mm. So I think the fact that it ends with a bit more of a kind of classic. Uh, like I said, cool. It's a good cool down moment, but it keeps it interesting in in sort of in. I love. I absolutely like because I love one of my favourite aspects. I have mentioned is Brent's voice right. and how weird and like it's like it's like a really hillbilly Ozzy Osbourne. That's the way hmm. that I hear it. Anyway, yeah. Uh, and I just think he's got. He's just. It's just crazy. I love that track. Um, and I was going to say yesterday when you were saying Elephant Man, I was thinking it's great, but it's not. It's not the best, not even the best of the three Elephant Man tracks, mm. which I would say is Pendulous Skin, but that's just me. Yeah. Mm. I, worth, worth a mention as well for uh, the legendary late Ike Owens on this one. Ah, uh, yes. Which I think adds a lot yeah. to this track fair. as well. Fair shout, fair shout. Um, right, anything more to add um, on Blood Mountain? Uh, no, I mean I could talk about this album for about an hour, so stop me now. <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So now we go on to my number one. Uh, um, Matt's number four was it in the end? Two, two, two. Sorry, it was almost. Crit- it was almost my number one. I think uh, uh, my uh, my number three. Number three. Okay, cool, lovely. So we've all got it, all got it in the, med- in the middle positions. It's Leviathan. Right, so here we go. Um, Chris said in uh, for the last record about sort of the time and place when it came out, and um, so yeah, I think initially um, with this one, uh, what I got down for my worst part um, is at first when I went back to it, it wasn't quite hitting like it used to, but then. I realised, okay, what an incredible time for mainstream metal this was. So mm-hmm. I got down. The list came out around the same time as Ashes of the Weight by Lamb of God, End of Heartache by Killswitch Engage, Volume 3 of Subliminal Verses by Slipknot. And also in that conversation, you got Trivium's Ascendancy, um, arguably the first two Avenged albums. Uh, you've got, I mean, they've fucked their, they've laughably fucked their legacy now, but, um, but, but, but if I'm a Valentine's to Poison, mm. and uh, si- Systems Hypnotize and Mesmerize, like, this was the sound of a genre putting new metal in the bin and celebrating at its funeral, and <laughs> just being fucking tri- triumphant again, and like, yeah. especially compared to these days where people are like championing um, someone like Ghost, um, who I like Ghost. They're fine. They're good. But um, like people championing them just so Five Finger Death Punch won't be the biggest metal band in the world. <laughs> um, and I took it back to the first time I ever saw Mastodon live, which was first on uh, playing with Slipknot, Slayer, and Hatebreed and the Hammersmith Apollo. One of the greatest gigs I've ever been to. And yeah, it was just like, it can't be anything but Leviathan for me. <sighs> I mean, yeah. I, can I just pip, pip, like jump in quickly there with the point, because it's just to do with what you've just been saying, in that 
in the context of that whole landscape of metal at that time, I think yeah. that is what makes Leviathan very, very special is that even then it, it stood apart from even from those Absolutely. Albums. It was like Absolutely. completely unique. Yeah. Matt, Matt, Leviathan. Oh, love it. Absolutely love it. Took me a while to really get this one, surprisingly, because yeah. I know it's, a, I've always known it's, it's like their master of puppets, like everyone goes crazy about it. But I, it wasn't, not until relatively recently that it became, that it shot up to my, close to my top. But yeah, no, I think it's, and I didn't have the same relationship with it that you guys had, so I wasn't really mm. listening to metal at that time at all. So, um, but I think it's, I've grown to really appreciate it. I think it is, uh, I just think Moby Dick is, <laughs> it's just mental. It's just such a brilliant, uh, I, random aside while I remember, we haven't really talked about the artwork I love all of Mastodon's mm-hmm. artwork. This one is Absolutely. one of the best album covers. Like it's so cool. And um, I love um, I, I, um, on CD when those when those things existed. Um, oh yeah, those things. <laughs> uh, those things. Um, I had the deluxe edition of this, which came in this lovely black cardboard slipcase with sort of gold gold inlay. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. really really nice. And yeah, that. Massive, massive fuck off whale. Will go. It's definitely one of the most memorable pieces of album art ever. But no, you're right. Like Blood Mountain has an insanely good cover. So does Emperor of Sand. Um, yeah, um, even Crack the Sky, uh, an album I did really like. Beautiful cover art. Yeah, it's their art. I can't remember his name, but it's an artist that they they they've used for the the, con- four, the, con- the concept ones. All have, mm, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice. Um, okay. Uh, so yeah, just to flip it on its head a little, uh, let's get straight into your. I, I, I've already, I've already done my my worst part. So um, how about you guys? I'll, I'll just quickly say because it's like what we were saying with. I think Matt, you were saying with your bottom three were like pretty much interchangeable. Yeah. I do feel like that with my top three, mm. to be honest. Mm. Of, of Blood Mountain, Crack the Sky, and this, I think they're three such different albums. Um, and every time that I've been trying to come up with my ranking every time I've listened to each of them I've gone oh maybe that's my favourite mm-hmm. um, and it what I think Leviathan does beautifully is is the concept I think it is their, their one concept album that properly they manage to just invoke what the concept is in the music mm-hmm. so astoundingly well like I can't I couldn't begin to explain how or why or put my finger on what it is about the songs that that does sound like the story of Moby Dick, but it, it, it does. does, yeah, um, yeah. And um, like, I'll get into this song more later, but um, like, I think "Hearts Alive" has a real feel of like the ebb and flow of the ocean. I have a, I, I, I am going to say this, and you're not going to. I don't get the love for Blood and Thunder. <laughs> I, 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 I like Blood and Thunder. I think it's a great track. But why is the, I always listen to? I'm like, why is this the one? This isn't even the best song on this album. Not not even close. I like it. I, I just don't. I just I, don't get it. I do wonder if it's the fact that it was a single. Like it was the first song of theirs I heard, definitely, and I imagine the first a lot of people heard. And it is such a hooky riff mm-hmm. for, for for music this heavy. 
I wonder if that is is something to do with it. Um, I know that that's that's probably what it is for me because it is it's a really simple riff and a really simple song, but it's the one that I still get a very special uh, feeling I, I, when I listen got, to it. It's got. I, I think the riff for like, for Iron Tusk is is better. I think that is one of the best. Yeah, riff I agree. I, like that is just. I, if I had written that riff, I'd just retire and just be like, "That's it. <laughs> that's it. I've I've perfected. The, I'm, my, I'm the guitar king now." <laughs> Well, what about you, Chris? Anything, um, anything you wanted to cover with your negatives of this record before we go uh, into the, more of the loving? As a specific low moment, I mean, I don't know how much I really. Part of me felt like I'd almost swap the last two tracks. Well, because um, I feel like Hearts Alive, um, you know, it's an epic, mm. and it is jazzy and proggy and kind of all those kind of things in places and the, the the way it kind of develops as a song and then as it ends i think feels like a really great ending to an album like this mm-hmm. but joseph merrick's a great song so yeah. i wouldn't want to get rid of it so i think that like i've said this with, with other albums previously i think but like i'd, I'd almost swap them so you're you're more of a kind have... of like end it after the emotional climax rather than not always but i just feel have, like, like a with, code, with a this coda. Sort of thing. Yeah, not not always the case, but I feel like with this with this album that I feel like I I would prefer that. So so I don't know how much of this is cheating, but um, yeah. So um, I said that um, Pinch of the Skin was my least favourite of the uh, three li- um, last tracks of the three albums mm. because I see Hearts Alive as the real last track and. Um, and uh, um, Joseph Merrick as kind of a coda to it, as a, as an epilogue yeah. track, yeah, as exactly, an epilogue yeah. to it, and, and and like Hearts Alive as a closer is the best of the three, because yeah, mm. th- that's my that's my silver medal for this uh, for this album. It's um, it's prog mastodon at their best. Um, you know, thirteen minutes is it, and I don't I'm not bored for a single second. It's the one thing I would say about it, and uh, this will be music to Matt's ears in terms of our songwriting as a band. I would say the end riff drags a bit. Don't like the the song being twelve minutes long. That last riff goes on for quite a while without doing anything. I can't. I can't brace uh, it. Yeah. Um, that was my only criticism of it. That I kind of thought, if you're making the song, I don't know. Yeah, that long. If knowing you've got something else coming after it in Joseph Merrick as well, does it need to go on for that long with that that one bit? But then, I'm always preaching to Matt when we're writing songs that I quite like when songs do that. So my 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 my, my, my repost to that is it's post metal in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got for my uh, my worst song uh, of this record, which was hard for an album I love this much but um, hmm. I think Island is quite straightforward yeah. and straightforward and dull snap yeah snap for exactly it, so- it sounds uh, it sounds like a washing machine <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm not going to go into te- to technical specifics on the guitar but what he's playing there makes it really it's like a double power chord and it just sounds so washed out to me like when yeah, I just put it on I just, I, I, just, I just hear it and I'm like what like i can't i can't pick out any melody in it it frustrates me that's it i i i love mastodon's guitar playing for the intricacies and for that all that side of it and i just don't get any of that out exactly of at all yeah yeah so Poor old um, island. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
But, right, okay, so here comes the comeback trail for Blood and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, so, right, so usually when I'm writing out my stru- the structure for my notes for these, I don't straight away write down my best and worst song, even if I might know what it is, because I, I think, like, oh, I'm going to listen to the album first just to make sure. With Leviathan, straight away, I just wrote down Blood and Thunder because I know it is, <laughs> it is not only um, my best song on this record, but it's my favourite Mastodon song and it's in my top five metal songs of all time. Um, I, I get why you might not um, think too much of it um, b- 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 because, it's, because of its, it's, relative not, it's, si- it's simplicity. It's not- I mean, it's not that I don't think too much of it. I think it's a great track. It's just that I don't get why. I think it's overrated. I don't. I don't know why it's the signature Mastodon song. I think. Me, I think the. I think the simple answer to that one is Guitar Hero Two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never played that, so. Yeah. I had, I had three. Right. Okay. Um, that's a good point actually the Guitar Hero games have a lot to answer for yeah. with, with that kind of yeah. thing you're absolutely right um, and I think for me um, like not only yeah do, do, I, do, I, do I fucking love this song um, but it's it's Neil Fallon um, uh-huh. like are either of you guys clutch fans? I'm a casual fan mm. Not really. So I listen fairly regularly, but I wouldn't be able to pick out particular. They're they're one of those bands I've always been meaning to get into, but uh, never really tried. But um, same, yeah. Uh, but then I hear Neil Fallon on Blood and Thunder, and I think, why on earth do I don't pay attention to this wonderfully silly vocalist? Like, <laughs> but like he's hoarsely screaming out stupid shit like harpoons to the sky, but you just get fucking stoked. <laughs> it's such a live moment too you fist up in the air harpoons to the sky <laughs> it's so fucking stupid and typical metal but I love it I just yeah I, I've got other highlights on this record I've got the um, the drum fill intro to Iron Tusk I think that's one of Bron yeah. best moments um, I love the mini solo back into the riff on Megalodon yeah amazing but um which that is that would you say uh, to me that's one of their thrashiest yes, moments yes yes that when it comes back in there that, as well like <coughs> a very yeah, metallica and, uh, well yeah and, and it's uh very remi- very very remission as well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah chaps uh let um let's go into some highlights for you I'll just jump in with the blood and thunder loving while we're there, mm. so so we don't have to keep revisiting it for poor Matt. But um, That's fine. <laughs> like, uh, uh, yeah, I've got I've got the opening riff of blood and thunder as my highlight to the album. Just mm-hmm. in that, it's an iconic riff. It's so simple, but it's iconic, and it still just gives me the excites when I hear mm-hmm. it coming. When I know that the rest of that album is coming, and that's the one that's leading it in. Uh, and I think later later on in that song as well, I've I've uh, it occurred to me that it's not crushingly beautiful, it's beautifully crushing. <laughs> well put. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, so that, yeah, and my best uh, my best track is Iron Tusk, which again, we've spoken Lovely. about quite a bit already. Yeah. But like Matt was saying, I feel like that is the other like iconic riff on, on this album. There's, there's this, I mean, this album is full of riffs, but um, that's that's the other like really iconic one. Uh, and 
the slightly better one and the better song overall. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, Matt. Well, I want everyone listening to do this now. Get yourself, get yourself a, uh, a pad of paper and write this down. Sea Beast, <laughs> three minutes thirty. If you want to hear okay. the greatest metal riff ever written, that's it. And I know I'm, <laughs> I'm somebody who leans into hyperbole quite a lot, but I'm serious. That riff is, it's just unbelievable. Like, uh, like that's for me, like, if I ever want to feel inspired or like, yeah. just like, I will, I will put that on, like, and remind myself how good it gets. Like, that riff to me... And you're going to put it on and be like, what is this? It's nothing. But for me, anyway, I'm, I'm massively overselling it now. It's terrible. <laughs> no. I think that the, you'll know it when you hear it, when you go back and listen to it. It is, it's just, for me, like that is my, like a music. Well, you know, we all have moments in music we listen to and like they stick out like, I don't know, mm. beginning of Thriller or something. Like <laughs> that. that's the one for me, like just i just cannot get enough of that riff and then but it's not my favorite song on the album my favorite song on the album is iron tusk which nice nice for itself uh, also yeah. a very 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 cool riff as i said mm. the only thing i have in my notes for iron tusk like being my favorite track on the album it's the one that i've written the least about because i've just said this song is one big riff <laughs> iron tusk it's just like yeah yeah like it's just riff after riff after riff mm. uh you know, like you know, you ever seen those? You know those like uh, graphics you can get where some where you make like a picture out of words to describe something, and certain words are bigger yeah, depending yeah. on how much that word. Like my notes for this album, if it was one of those, you just have riff. riff in the middle <laughs> with some tiny words around it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Um, that's why I love Mastodon. Big riffs, personally. Yeah. I'm a big riff guy. Yeah. You know that. I'm always trying to introduce more big riffs to our music, and but but this is it. I think I think, <laughs> but I think but I think but I think that this is it, right? So yeah, I I will absolutely put my hands up and say I'm one of those people. Who I think as soon as someone goes, oh, we need, we need a big riff. I kind of go, nah. but Mastodon, because they do it differently, they do it so, they do it in a way that no one else does it. Mm. You know, um, yeah. So I, I am I am all, I am all about the riff when we come to Mastodon. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, that seems as good a place to uh, close it there, chaps. Um, yeah, really enjoyable chat. Thank you very much, folks. Um, some, uh, yeah, some great chat there and um, some future listening for me. Like um, I, uh, like I discussed in our Ed Shikari episode, I've got to, um, I've got some stuff to take forward with me and I've got some stuff mm-hmm. to take forward with me here. I'm definitely going to, give Emperor of Sam more attention and um, maybe, yeah, one, maybe one day Blood and Mountain might be my, my number one again um, we'll see, we, we should have to see but uh, for now it will it's just Leviathan sorry <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not shifting um, anyway so now we go on to our uh, top five segment the niche of the better play that jingle Chris <laughs> Terrible. It's 
So yes, as we mentioned a couple of times over the course of this podcast, uh, we are doing um, our top five cameos through musicians in TV shows. Now, for um, for the purposes of our rank, ba- our uh, Spotify rank bank playlist, we're each going to choose a track from the artist mentioned um, in said top five um, for for the playlist. So, um, link will be in the description for that if you want to subscribe and have a listen. It's already become a massive, massive beast of a playlist, and it's only going to get bigger and more glorious as it goes on. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend listening through it like I think Chris's dad is trying to do. Um, <laughs> instead, uh, just uh, shuffle it at your pleasure. I would say though, I, I mean, he's done it right. He's listened to the episode and then listened to the new tracks from the episode because um, he's my dad and he's pretty much never listened to most of what we've been talking about. Mm. So it's mm. kind of if you haven't heard of the the artist recovering and you still want to listen, yeah. it's a good way of doing that and being able to be in it. Absolutely, for sure. All right, so um, as is traditional uh, for um, for these. Uh, for these lists, we've we've got some honourable mentions as well because we just can limit it to five. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a couple of mine and I'll uh, open the floor up for some of yours. Um, first of all, I've got um, I've never actually watched this show, uh, but I've got um, Henry Rollins in Sons of Anarchy, um, just because I love Henry Rollins, um, big Black Flag fan, and his. Um, sort of stand-up where he tells these wild tour stories and his spoken word is incredible. And him, with his personality, being in a show about bikers who take drugs, drink booze and have loads of sex is so animathetic to his personality that that makes it wonderful and I'd, 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 I'd love to see it. Um, I also... I don't know if you guys would have seen it. Have either of you guys have seen the show Portlandia? Yeah. No. Loads. I was looking at that because there's loads of musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess in that, yeah. So, 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 Chris, um, uh, Portlandia mm. is a comedy from a few years ago, starring Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein, who is also a musician. She's in mm, okay. uh, Slater Kinney, and mm. um, one of the funniest sort of sketches they do in that is um, like this hipster couple who um, employ '90s singer Amy Mann as their cleaner. Um, because they're rich, they're far richer than she is because of the collapsed music industry. And yeah. there's this one sketch that they do, um, where um, yeah, they're having a party for Amy in the back garden, and um, one of Amy's um, rivals in the nineties in the singer songwriter states was uh, Sarah McLaughlin, um, mm-hmm. and um, and so. In Amy's party, she's smashing a piñata at Sarah McLaughlin, and then the camera pans back to reveal that their gardener is played by Sarah McLaughlin. That is a good show. That's wonderful. Um, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum is in it, and he plays the, the guy who runs a store that sells mixed up balls of, um, headphones as art <laughs> it's very funny it's very funny yeah um the last one i wanted to do in my own mentions is um prince on new girl um he he, he actually asked himself to pee on the zoe Deschanel <laughs> sitcom and it's a wonderful guest performance he's 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 actually very funny 
Um, I've, see, I've never seen it, but I do know it's a big one that people talk about. And didn't isn't it true? They basically wrote the episode purely so he could appear. Yeah, in yeah, it, because, because he said, "I'm a big fan. I want to be on your show." Um, so that's that's not my last honourable mentions, but uh, of my honourable mentions. But do you guys want to come in here? I I thought about the ones I'd seen. I didn't want to Google, mm. um, and one that stuck out was boys to men in fresh prints but then i thought i, yeah. I can i yeah. can do i can do better than that but i do remember <laughs> them being in it and it being quite weird mm. yeah go. uh i've got a few the one that i can barely remember being a thing i can't remember much about it but then i i sort of saw a still image of it and then remembered it happening still can't remember much about why it happens but the fact that david lee roth appears in the sopranos <laughs> yes yeah um cool (laughs) fine uh i've got um i mean uh another one that just just didn't make it into my top five that i need to mention because i I don't i think it's one that uh, neither of you will mention um is from flight of the concords which for being a comedy about a band doesn't really have any musical guest spots apart from one episode where they decide they can make get more success and make more money by becoming a Simon and Garfunkel tribute band. Hmm. Um, and there's a, a woman who ends up kind of flirting with, with the one who's pretending to be Art Garfunkel and, and trying to start a relationship with them. And it turns out she used to be in a relationship with Art Garfunkel, who then comes knocking on the door and... Uh, <laughs> And it's just brilliant to see someone like Art Garfunkel suddenly appear in this like small New Zealand comedy, <laughs> uh, b- b- brilliantly taking the piss out of himself. Um, yeah, that's, that's a really good one if you haven't if you haven't uh, a, a, sh- a show to check out if you haven't and you're into music mm. as well. Oh yeah, or just comedy. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just a couple more honourable mentions. Um, I know we said to limit ourselves to uh, one Simpsons mention. But I had to, I've got one in my top five, but I had to give an extra shout out to uh, yeah. Johnny Cash as a, coyote, as a coyote. Yes, that's in my mentions as well. Yeah, yeah. so so bizarre and so great. Yeah. And um, the other one, well, technically two I have is um, in The Wire, uh, the best television programme ever made that's not The Sopranos. Um, I'm breaking co- bad. Um, different podcast different podcast sorry god (laughs) (laughs) Um, the country musician Steve L who does one of the renditions of the theme for the show has has a role as as a drug adult hobo and um, Wu-Tang Clan rapper Method Man is also in a a few episodes as well cheese yeah 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 that's his yeah that's his character name well done Um, yes any more from you folks before we get into the big five? Uh, only one quick... I mean, there's going to be some others that I mentioned as we go through top five because they're kind of related. But um, the only other uh, one that I haven't mentioned yet, I'm sorry if any of you were going to... Obviously, Game of Thrones has got a few mm-hmm. kind of high-profile ones in there, but I think Sigur Ross is the best of those. Yeah, mm-hmm. playing the reins of Castamere. Yeah. Yeah. And Ed Sheeran definitely isn't like that. He's <laughs> the worst, yeah. <laughs> By quite some distance. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so Chris, I don't think you've gone first yet this episode, so you're number five. Okie dokie. Uh, my number five, yeah, is uh, Stevie Nicks doing the most Stevie Nicks thing she's ever Stevie Nicksed. 
which is appearing as the Queen Witch, or the High Witch, in American Horror Story. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, it's great. She does a, a kind of piano, short piano version of Rhiannon, I think it is, um, uh, kind of in the middle of the episode, randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if, you, if you're going to have Stevie Nicks on a show, it's going to be playing a witch, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. That's um, all I've got to say about that. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Uh, Matt, you're, you're number five. I've gone for Eminem and Entourage. Nice. Okay. Uh, mainly because he punches one of the characters, which is always nice to see because everyone in Entourage is horrible. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, and also, I just love Eminem acting. I just think he's great. Yeah. There's something about him. Like, so I've never seen Entourage, but um, obviously everyone's seen 8 Mile. Oh, and- you'll hate it. He, 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 um, Eminem is fantastic at, at playing himself in Eight Mile, but um, he's also very funny in. Have you have you guys seen Funny People, the John Apatow yeah. Adam Sandler movie? Okay, don't watch Adam Sandler. Some well, no, I mean th- 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 this is a rare case of an Adam Sandler movie being actually quite good, and uh, there's a scene where. Um, Adam Sandler and Seth Rogen's characters are in a restaurant with Ray Romano and Eminem, and it's 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 very <laughs> funny. Um, my number five is um, my second and um, uh, last Simpsons shout because we, we we could only limit ourselves to two, and it's um, it's the Ramones uh, singing yeah, ha- that's a good "Happy Birthday, Bernsey," and um, uh, afterwards Burns t- turns to Smithers and says. Um, have the Rolling Stones killed. <laughs> Classic. Um, okay, we'll go around again. Chris, your number four. Uh, so my number four is my Simpsons one. Yep. Um, I've kind of cheated here. Mm-hmm. I think I know what you've said. Go on. Yeah, it's Homer Palooza. Right. Yep. Uh, no, that's completely fair enough. You've got because I mean I've not narrowed it down to one artist, but you've got Sonic Youth, Peter Frampton, Cypress Hill, and the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. As so many fabulous, like a highlight moment is Billy Corgan Smashing Pumpkins, Homer Simpson, Simpson smiling, smiling politely, politely. One of the greatest <laughs> ever <laughs> Simpsons quotes. It's just wonderful. Um, uh, you've got uh, I think actually I think Peter Frampton's parts are the funniest. <laughs> uh, you've got the bit where his pedal, his guitar pedal, is not where he's, can you? Can you feel it? Can you? Which is wonderful. Uh, Sonic Youth raiding his cooler for food. <laughs> There's so many great moments in that uh, episode. Uh, but but, um, but the, the, the miserable mosh pit for Sonic Youth as well. Yeah, that's hilarious. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I mean, if I, if I was going to pick one of the artists from it, I think probably either... Sonic Youth or Peter Frampton have got the be- the most laughs uh, in that episode. Fantastic! But yeah, that, that that episode as a whole yeah. is wonderful. Brilliant! Great shout, uh, Matt. Your number four. My number four is uh, Mike Bush. Okay. Raz- razor light, looking for the new sound. <laughs> <laughs> there's a for people who don't know. There's a really there's a weird, well, even by Bush standards, episode where it's all in the <laughs> desert and. One of them says to the other one, um, they're, it's all about trying to find a new sound, and they just randomly go, yeah, look, Razorlight have been out here for months looking for their new sound, and there's, <laughs> like, Razorlight just walk past with, like, a metal detector just <laughs> hovering along the ground, and that's it. And that always just made me chuckle. <laughs> so I've gone to that, number four. 
Oh, cool. Completely forgotten about that. Thank you. <laughs> I have to go back to that. Um, my number four is um, yeah one of the stranger ones on my list. It's um, Skid Row singer Sebastian Bach in the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the main girl's best friend is in a is in a sort of um, pop punk pop rock band uh, called uh, Hep Alien. And uh, yeah, Sebastian Buck auditions to be their lead guitarist and singer, and it's in a, quite a few episodes. Just wonderful and strange to see, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, 80s hair metal icon Sebastian Buck and he of recent fallout with Chris Jericho on Twitter, which has been wonderful to watch. Um, on, on, on a show like the Gilmore Girls, just, just quite like it. Okay, Chris, your number three. Uh, is David Bowie and Extras. Yeah. That's my number two. That's my number yeah. two. It's just, it's just wonderful, isn't it? Like, I mean, I, think... I mean we, we, we went through Bowie last week. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, so, yeah, we, 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 we've, um, we're, we're including him with a caveat, but, um, yeah, stupid little fat I, I man. Think... It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the absolute peak of, I think what is great about that whole scene is that it is, A, it is both of them laughing at themselves, Mm -hmm. um, which is always nice to see, particularly from people of that kind of, you know, status doing that still. Um, But also just the fact that, like, I can't remember what it was for, but there's some kind of interview of Ricky Gervais that I've seen um, since that happened, talking about it and just saying, like, He's finally there. He's finally in the same room as like one of his absolute idols, <laughs> filming a scene with him, and the whole scene consists of his idol just singing a song about how repulsive he is <laughs> <laughs> and how pathetic he is. Um, yeah, that's great. That's really great. It's that 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 song that he sings as well is properly catchy as well. Oh right? yeah, it's, it's, awesome. a, it's, a, it's a genuinely good song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chubby little fat man. <laughs> See his pug nose face. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, you're number three. My number three, and I feel bad about saying this one because it does ruin the best episode of this series. Okay. It's kind of a spoiler, but Radiohead on South Park. Hmm. The best episode of South Park is one called Scott Tenement Must Die. And it has, it's a Cartman based episode and it has a horrific twist. If you haven't seen it, it is, it's sublime, but it involves Radiohead um, and it's, it's a mass, I've ruined it, but it's a massive surprise that they're actually in the episode, like at the end and it's fucking hilarious and the, what, the, I can't remember what they say I think You're, Tom York why are you being such a crybaby yeah yeah Tom York's like why are you being such a crybaby for um, what's that it? is just brilliant what, so unexpected as well what, yeah. what, 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 what's, what's an even bigger spoiler Matt is that that's my number one <laughs> Radiohead it's, it's in my it's in my honourable mentions that I was going to mention because I've got another South Park one yeah, coming up. Right, but, uh, okay, cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Mutual appreciation. I there. mean, 
you know, we can go through because this episode's been out for about 20 years. So, um, yeah, Scott Yeah, but it's, a- such, it's such a good episode that you don't want to spoil it to anyone who's Scott- not seen it, though. Oh, come <laughs> on. Mean? Okay, come on. Scott, uh, Scott Tellerman is an older kid who sells Cartman's pubes to look older. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Scott, Scott, Scott Tellerman. Um, uh, yeah, it's... Um, Cartman was a huge Radiohead fan. Yeah, huge Radiohead fan. Cartman decides... Uh, um, is it he accidentally bakes his um, Scott's pubes into a pie or something? No, no, no. He he kills Scott's no, parents. No, 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 no. no, no, no. But <laughs> I, I, I was wondering if there was anything specific why that no, was. He, he, no, he puts the pu- he Scott Tenneman thinks that he's feeding Cartman his pubes baked in a chilli. Yeah. But it's not That's actually it. his pubes. It's because Cartman's it's, figured it, it out, and he's actually fed Scott Tenneman his own parents in a chili. <laughs> <laughs> and then his favourite band, Radiohead, turn up and call him a crybaby. Come baby. in, yeah. <laughs> and then it ends. It ends with him licking the tears off Scott Tenneman's face. <laughs> well, Stan and Kyle are horrified. It's brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely fucking uh. wonderful. Um, right, so just... <laughs> seems always pointless to do my number three now because I've done, already done... Already, we've already covered my number two and one. <laughs> but, um, okay, so... How I Met Your Mother is probably the worst show I've some, somehow seen every episode of. <laughs> oh. I don't know why. It's just one of those shows like Friends where it's just... A background show it's just like moving wallpaper um yeah. but um i think that britney spears is genuinely fantastic in it she um yeah. she plays um sarah chalk from scrubs is uh receptionist who's a bit psychotic and she doesn't um, play herself because <laughs> i thought she was in that i assume she was herself no no um no they've got quite a few musical je- guest stars playing characters they've got Ingr- uh, enrique Iglesias playing a boyfriend one of the main characters um likewise with carrie underwood the american idol country star but yeah britney spears plays um yeah this um very naive gullible but slightly psychopathic receptionist of uh, of sarah chalk who um appears in a few episodes not only in the storyline with the main guy but also with the neil patrick harris character and uh, yeah just um just re- some really funny acting from her um quite 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 enjoy it even though terrible program <laughs> do not watch <laughs> do not watch how i make your mother <laughs> it's bad right um where are we now i'm lost uh my number two, two. right so my number two is my South Park pick. Yeah. Um, I, I had Radiohead on my list, but mm-hmm. in terms of purely for, <laughs> for the actual cameo itself, um, I've got Robert Smith um, <laughs> in, the episode, <laughs> in the episode where Barbara Streisand becomes this like mecha Streisand <laughs> monster and starts destroying the town. <laughs> <laughs> and they get Robert Smith in, who turns into like a Mothra style beast to defeat Barbara Streisand. <laughs> what I love so much about it as well is there's a brilliant interview. There's like a little documentary about it, and there's this interview with Robert Smith about it, just being like, I had, I had no idea what what was going on. They just gave me a piece of paper with all of my lines on, 
and I read them and I didn't know what the plot was or what was going to happen yeah. and I still don't really know what it's all about. But, and, and, uh, and, and they put him in as well because Trey Parker and Matt Stone are genuinely yeah. massive fans. They, yeah, they, this is it. They well, fucking he, he adore was, the cure. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they basically said in this documentary thing like, we hold Barbara Streisand up as just a symbol of what's wrong with music. <laughs> so we made her the big like villain monster and we thought, well, who do we love the most that could be the only person to defeat her? I know. And let's get Robert Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that and then it's him just then just like gliding off into the distance at the end <laughs> oh it's just <laughs> yeah yeah uh, beautiful <laughs> alright what, what, what have you got next Matt uh, Bowie and Extras was my yeah of course yeah so you're number one then well my number one yeah uh, okay right it's Chris's turn to, to do his number one first isn't it okay I'm happy to. I've I've got a bit of a I've got a bit of a tangent to go off on with my number one. Yeah, so I'm so happy for you to go first. Yeah, if you okay. want to. Go on then. <laughs> well, my number one is. I feel you've massively missed a Simpsons one, which is the, oh, be- okay. the best one, which is Spinal Tap. Ah, uh, uh, I forgot about that. One. Yeah, which is that whole scene. First yeah. of all, it's Spinal Tap back. You know, so it's just funny anyway. Yeah, but it's just. There's little moments in that that are just so funny. It turns into a brawl at the end, and, and we 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 we, 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 we hail our half-inflated devil god. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that that whole bit, yeah, yeah. And just like it's, it's, thanks, spring din at the end. Like, just, just little moments, and yeah, I just. I just love it. Yeah, uh, fair. Forgotten that one. And, 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 and like um, the the sort of side joke that um, half of Spinal Tap are actually regular uh, voice characters on The Simpsons. Exactly. Harry <laughs> yeah. Shearer, yeah. And, 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 and no one really knows that. <laughs> Except yeah. for... Yeah, anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, so Chris, you're number one. So I've stretched slightly maybe the term of cameo here. Okay, uh, here we go. And a, but we can maybe define it as appearance, mm. right? So I've got a whole thing that is, uh, if, if, if you're ever feeling down or you just need a good cheap giggle, do yourself a favour and dip into the absolute wealth of material that is musician appearances on Sesame Street. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, man, there's some gems in there. Uh, so some of my favourites that I found as I was going through again for this... Um, a more contemporary one that is wonderful <laughs> uh, is James Blunt on Sesame Street mm-hmm. uh, performing the song A Triangle to the tune of Beautiful. <laughs> A triangle! Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> so wonderful. Uh, you got Destiny's Child singing a song about having a new walk and dancing like your mum at a wedding. Uh, <laughs> you've, you've got REM doing Furry Happy Monsters. <laughs> One of my favourites is Johnny Cash being a regular uh, appearance on Sesame Street, but still just being Johnny Cash and singing really dark, miserable songs on this <laughs> show in front of puppets. <laughs> There's one called Nasty Dan, that nasty Dan who was a nasty man and had a nasty wife and a nasty kid and no one spoke to them. <laughs> Uh, one about five feet high, which is about the town flooding. Just like, <laughs> did someone not send Johnny the memo about what show this is? 
That's <laughs> uh, BB King singing a song about the letter B and how he just loves the letter B and that's why he's known as BB King. <laughs> uh, Ray Charles doing the alphabet, uh, being surrounded by four year olds who just look like they are so confused and so bored, <laughs> which is great. Uh, David Diggs doing Rubber Ducky. Oh, lovely. Uh, Stevie Wonder in a genuinely brilliant one uh, mm. from a really early episode. Uh, and also Nina Simone from a really early one doing oh, Young, wow. Gifted and Black. Amazing. Um, which, because I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten the whole, like Sesame Street was started as this kids show for inner city black kids mm-hmm. in America because they realised they didn't really have any representation on TV at the time, which yeah. I thought was quite incredible for sort of, sort of a show that started in 1969. Mm. Nearly my number one spot for this, Paul Simon singing Me and Julio completely outstaged by a little girl that just keeps singing her own thing over him. Uh, <laughs> brilliant. And he's genuinely, like, he keeps looking around and smiling at her, but you can tell he wants to just throw her away <laughs> from the screen. Uh, but my number one uh, is Dave Grohl singing Here We Go, which is just a song about travelling across America, making as many friends as possible. Uh, how Dave Grohl can you get? <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's the nicest man in rock. <laughs> cool okay lovely well that, that was a lot of fun lads thank you very much for that suggestion Matt and uh, yeah we'll discuss no our playlist choices afterwards which will be even more fun um, so yes we go on uh, finally to our shout out section uh, we'll do our music shout outs first um, because Chris and I have rather a lot this has been a very busy period for music we're we're, we're uh, we've um, done. We're nearly. We, we've done January, and uh, we're getting into yeah. People actually releasing records now. So, uh, especially with maybe lockdown being over, I feel that releases are really ramping up because bands are like, oh, we might pl- actually play gigs soon. It's exciting, mm-hmm. isn't it? But anyway, um, so yes, um, Chris, what are yours? Uh, so from a. A new release perspective. The last few weeks, I've managed to have one that has sort of just come out. So the the one that's come out on the the twenty ninth of January, um, is Portrayal of Guilt's second album, which I know Ollie we both uh, really enjoyed. Mm. Um, I th- the first thing that struck me about this that I wanted to mention, by the way, is how prolific they are as a band. Mm. They've been around three and a half years, and they've got like something like three EPs. Four singles and splits, and now two albums, mm. which is just an incredible work. Well, um, uh, but uh, yeah, this this album is is the one I've enjoyed the most so far out of anything they've done. Mm. I think it's it's absolutely crushingly miserable mm-hmm. um, and heavy as sin. Uh, but if you like heavy, sad music, then you'll probably like this, <laughs> essentially. I think I can sum it up with the line of lyrics, my eyes roll back, the terror begins, I follow the light, there's nothing at the end. <laughs> Sick. Leonard Cohen would be proud of that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, absolutely check that out. Um, if you're into that kind of thing, if you're not, absolutely don't. Uh, Grey Market, I want to give a shout out to as well. So we shared our first gig with them, also doing their first gig. Mm-hmm. Um at Fighting Cox in Kingston, uh, and their EP Deadstock has been out for a few weeks now, and is is well well worth your time, and is only like 
14 minutes long, I think, something mm-hmm. like that. So nice, easy one to go and check out in, in a spare moment. So, um, and it's just great. The, the energy they've managed to get into that EP is is really impressive. I think they've done uh, an astounding job with it. Well, um, obviously, a lot of people will be um, listening, will be new to this band. So who would you, mm. what, what would you say for like a, a general FFO? Yeah, I was thinking this. It's quite tricky, really. I mean, there's definitely elements of like hardcore in there. There's elements of post-punk in there. Mm. Um, I'd say if you like kind of older kind of punk um, and and the kind of... It's very like scrappy. Mm. It's kind of scrappy and kind of... uh, Yeah, alternative punk, I'd say, basically. Lovely. But if you're into any kind of anything remotely like along the spectrum of punk music, um, then, then you'll like it, I think. Cool. Uh, and my last one, just quickly then, is uh, the new single from Squid, mm-hmm. which is a band that I know have had a lot of hype behind them um, in the last couple of years. I've never really got, I've never really gone in on them. Um, always meant to, never have, but I, I thought I'd check out the new single because uh, it got announced along with their first album coming out soon. And I saw some good things being said about it on Twitter, and it's, it's great. It's about seven minutes long, it's featuring Martha Sky Murphy, uh, her vocal ends up kind of soaring and interjecting with with the the lead vocal really nicely, um, and his vocal. I'm sure this has been said before, but I got a real like Talking Heads mm. vibe from mm. it. Um, so I'm really excited for that album nice. and to kind of go back and get into Squid like I should have done before. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've got a I've got a few. Sorry, Matt, you're being quite. Um quite quiet here but um yeah the the new single from the screamer band closer i want a closer mm. closer i wanted to give a shout out to um yes <clears throat> uh don't know if they're named after the um the julia roberts natalie portman movie but um <laughs> <laughs> with uh we're old uh old damien rice on the soundtrack great movie um but um anyway yes their their first record um all this will be was absolutely fantastic and their uh, their new single angry flood uh looks as if it'll be uh, taking on that form into the new record so definitely check that out if you're a fan of the the screamos um if you yeah um if if portrayal of guilt is maybe a bit sounds a bit too intense for you then closer might be uh more your cup of tea um so the other one i wanted to give out a shout out to second week a second episode in a row shout out for emma ruth rundle and her new single with chelsea wolf uh called anhedonia um this is yeah two of my favorite artists right now collaborating and unsurprisingly i absolutely love it um i don't know if this is leading to any sort of record or anything but yeah, tremendously excited if uh, to see what those ladies come up with if they do any, do anything further. And um, tragically, uh, this past weekend, the um, artist and producer Sophie uh, passed away in a tragic accident. Um, she slipped and fell um, uh, whilst tr- trying to see the full moon out in Athens, which is incredibly sad but um i'd known mates to go on on about sophie and i'd always meant to check her out and um after her death i um yeah looked into her stuff and discovered that um yeah not only are some of her tunes absolutely banging but also some of the stuff that she's produced and i'm going for one of my shout outs as the track she produced on a hip-hop artist called vince staples last album um it's called yeah right and um, 
features one of our favourites in uh, Kendrick Lamar. So, yeah, um, really great track. I, I recommend you check out not only so- Sophie's stuff, uh, but um, but also the, uh, she's done some fantastic work with Kanye West, uh, Charlie XCX, uh, Ortecra. Um, yeah, loads of stuff w- well worth checking out. So, um, yeah, RIP Sophie. Um, right, so let's do the socials. So... As we've mentioned a couple of times through this podcast, we are all in a band. We are called My Eyes Are Old and Bent. Um, I do vocals. Chris does. Chris and Matt both do guitar. Um, Matt is more sort of our lead guitarist. Riffmeister yeah, General. I, I do easy guitar. He does good guitar. Right. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So you can um, find us on uh, find us on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram at the handle at M E A O A B. And uh, this broadcast is kind of brought to you uh, by Grim Heart Promotions. Um, as we mentioned earlier, um, gigs might come back soon. We never know. Probably not that soon. We're probably looking at autumn. We'll see. It might might be that depressing. Gigs, gigs but, are uh, starting to feel a bit like a bit like my equivalent of heaven at this point. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm just having faith in the fact that it exists at some point in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> the vaccine but, is real. You don't bet, have to have faith. But anyway, um, so we're... Um, yeah, but we're, we're still going to get excited about that future and uh, still want your submission. So if you're in a band, if you manage a band, if you manage a venue, if you're mates with a band, I want to shout them out get in touch with us and uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you we'd love to have uh, take into account everything we can for uh, the future when we can actually put on gigs and just go fucking mental uh, and <laughs> spend all our disposable income just because we're so desperate to watch gigs again so um, we are we can be found on Facebook and Instagram at Grimheart Promo um, Matt you're not particularly on socials are you mate I am a social media ghost. Right. And I'm very, very happy about that. <laughs> fine. So fine. I'm very straightforward. You can find me nowhere at no hashtag. <laughs> sure. Thanks. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with me and tell me how wrong I am, um, go fuck yourself. Shout it into the air. <laughs> um, so, yes. Um, <laughs> but. Um, we, <coughs> excuse me. We love hearing your feedback. Um, yes, uh, uh, about our uh, the Mastodon episode we just done, our uh, niche and a better top five, and our shout outs we just done, and about any of our episodes, be there, yeah, Biffy Dillinger, our top five on Ruben Bjork or Enter Shikari. Um, we can be found on our Twitter accounts. I am on at OllieXCore, O double L I E X C O R E, and Chris, you're at. CM Grubs. And Chris, do you want to give this away or do you want to cut this out? Uh, because, um, yeah, if you follow Chris, you might have an inkling as to who we're covering next by the, cu- by the uh, pun in, the, uh, uh, in, his, in his Twitter name. Uh, it's been it's ve- always about two episodes ahead. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very amusing viewing. I, I, I always enjoy it when Chris's, <laughs> Chris's name changes. And it, you'll ha- he'll have to come up with a new one for our next um, episode, which is going uh, to be a fun one. We're going to get our, get our classics on and have a little dance, shall we, to a bit of block party. 
uh, ranking ranking the uh, the records of um, mm. East London's Block Party uh, band. I'm looking I'm, forward to going back to this. Yes, yes, got a lot of uh, nostalgic love for Block Party, but uh, that will be explored next time around on Black Band T-shirts. I uh, hope you've enjoyed yourself. Thank you ever so much for joining us, Matt. Thank you so much for having me and letting me talk everybody half to death about my favourite band. Uh, and listen Wonderful. to um, just one piece of advice. Um, rethink your ideas on Aunt Lisa. Otherwise, I'm very, <laughs> very surprised and delighted by everyone else's opinion, which is nice. Thank you very much for having me. Well, well hey-ho, let's fucking get out of here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I hope you're well. Stay safe. Um, we love you all. And... Uh, We'll see you next time for Block Party. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Ta-da.